This is Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. Last week, I released an episode I did with Jenny Wren. She's from the Podcasters Forum. We talked about her experience at a specialty podcasting conference called She Podcast. That conference, 98% women. Not the official stats. That's Jenny's estimate. 98% women, 2% men. Here is how that episode ended. I do want more men in these spaces because I want them to experience that and to experience what it's like for women to feel really powerful and strong, but without thinking just like all yah-yah hood, even though there's a lot of that. (laughs) Or they're being attacked. Men are fragile and emotional. I cut it off. The episode, not the conversation. The conversation kept going, but at that point in the editing, I thought the episode was done. I wanted to focus on She Podcast. However, what we talked about after that, it is important. I think you will find it helpful. Among those things, why there may be a bias toward women and even the female voice in media. Jeannie has an interesting idea on this that I had not thought of previously. It may be something for you to consider if you want to see more diversity in media, not just gender diversity, but any type of diversity. This is something that I run into all the time in my music business work. We talk about it a lot, actually. Country radio, country music, that's the number one music format in the United States. Thousands of radio stations. And a lot of these stations, they will play one or two female artists. While the record promoters that I know, they run up against this a lot. These programmers, they'll say, "Eh, you know, it's a good song, but we've already got two female artists in rotation. They wouldn't do that for men. And this is one of those things that has had a lot of pushback lately. The country audience, let's be honest, not the most progressive. You might hear that and say, I'm not that way. I think we should have more female voices. But are you? Are you? That's one of the things that Jenny and I talk about on this episode. Also, things to consider when interviewing women or even interacting with them, where podcasting is going and how to make podcasting what you want it to be. We also talked about arguably the biggest female-owned podcast right now, Call Her Daddy. (laughs) Definitely one of the biggest podcasting deals ever. So here it is once again, the continuation of my conversation with Jenny Wren of the Podcasters Forum. We all are. We all are. And we yeah. sometimes it's just about how we feel comfortable putting that out there right. and how it emulates and how it comes out. You know, you talk about the difference between men and women. Often it comes down to how we move with experiences. And, you know, there's some analytical things that go on as well. But some of it's even just the forward facing and the expectations around it. One more question about that, just to dive a little bit deeper. What is something that you think that male podcasters need to know about female podcasters or female podcasting? There's some differences, it sounds like, about coming as a female creator. We're generalizing, right? But the things that you're up against that maybe like the middle-aged white guy is not. And I say that because there's so many middle-aged white guys in podcasting. One thing I would say, if a woman expresses emotion, don't make such a big deal out of it. I can express an emotion and that's me expressing emotion. Expressing is a good thing. Expressing is a good thing for humans. But like allowing that to be and then not making that be the central thing that gets taken away there. So if someone's like, I feel like if that comes out, right? Like I feel this and saying, okay, I note that. And then moving on or maybe investigating that, getting curious as opposed to shutting down because of the fear that the feeling means of like 
we're getting out of comfort zone, but especially that it's an attack or that there's an element to that where that isn't necessarily the case. We want to create these dialogues. And just like for women, I, you know, understanding that I'm not going to get feeling notes, right? I'm probably going to get more. I think it's going to be a little bit more toward those ends. <laughs> I, I, but I think that one of the things is women are expected to step to the side quicker. And I want to see more spaces where that dialogue continues and we sit there a little in discomfort to get to that next part. For example, I find sometimes I really do feel that I have to be a little louder and a little more aggressive. And I don't like being aggressive. That's not a place that I enjoy being. But in order to get my views forward, especially in audio, especially in audio in the music industry that I had so long, it does mean if I think something and I experienced it, and that's the reason it's there. That just is. And it doesn't have to be debated. I don't need to have a long conversation around what it is. And I definitely don't need to be told that I'm being emotional. And I don't need to be told that I'm being aggressive when I'm simply stating a fact that I believe is true. And like if I call someone out and say, hey, that's not true, that's not calling someone out. That's stating that something is untrue. And I've gotten some of that. And for me, I like it's, it, I have to spend all this work figuring out where I have become little bit more defensive in those areas. But that's because I'm choosing to do that work. Where that came from, though, where that developed from was me needing to be louder, to make sure that I was heard, because otherwise it wasn't seen, it wasn't respected, it wasn't being pushed out, where I would see that being just more obvious with men. And it's hard to put it that way, but it, it's just something that I've observed in myself as I've also seen that shift in me. And I don't want to be that way. I do not feel that it helps me with my women's audiences either. For me, it would be the idea that voicing an opinion or boldly stating that is considered aggressive or like making any comments on body. So what does that look like when you say comment on body? Stating an opinion about how they feel, oh, you were fine before or like, why don't you cover that up? Damn, you're sexy. I do not want to hear another person commenting to me on my posts about how I'm sexy. I will block every single person. There's better compliments than you're a great sexual object. And, and it's a weird one because like I post about a lot of things, but like while my body might be in the posts, but it makes it so that whenever I want to put anything out, I edit out things in my body. I, I um, put on more clothes when I'm trying to do certain things, anything to do with my audio or anything, because I don't want anyone to make comments about those elements. Um, well, I think the bigger discussion is, are you holding back? with your self-expression, whether it be how you dress or what you say on your podcast? And do you feel that women have that issue more than men because of what we're talking about here? I would say yes, but I think that's been a longer cultural element that is something that will work on in general. I mean, like you just see it from the part of like who's called on first and, you know, you see it more starting to develop and it's getting farther. And I'm really happy about that. But it's one of those elements that it's not like, oh, we're done, we're good. It's, it's going to be a continual piece of work. There is work on both sides, obviously. I, I have no question about that. But it's continuous work. It doesn't end. It's work that just needs to keep going on. An, an example is, and this is one where even like I am recognizing my side of it. I can put myself on blast here and also say what I felt around it. So I lived in Seattle for several years, and I also am part of the radio and music community here in the Pacific Northwest. And I had turned on KXP. I've been listening to it, which is one of my favorite stations. And 
in this particular morning, it was the first morning that I'd listened in a long time. It was an hour and 45 minutes. There was not a single female voice. There wasn't a single female artist on. So I went on Twitter and I was like commenting on it. And I tagged a DJ that I knew as well. And the response I got on that was like, well, even from the other DJs was just like, that was just a nugget. That was just a feel. like, And I felt really weird about it for two things. One, I do recognize that there was a better way that I could have done that. That was not a moment where I'm like, I could have emailed. I didn't. That was an aggressive approach. Now I can look on that and say, okay, I can approach that in a different way. But that was a valid thing that I think was an issue, especially when it was people that I knew. Well, I think it's a valid feeling. All feelings are valid, are they not? Yeah. So it's just a matter of, are you going to connect with somebody else and be able to make a change? Right. So for me, that was where I can call myself on that one being like, I could approach that differently. However, the conversation that it sparked was like when we what you see in studies is that when kids even here in the car, when they're on the way to school and they hear mostly male voices, if they hear mostly male singers, if they hear mostly any of this, we're still experiencing things from that point of view. Can you name female artists that you like, for example? But if it's mostly that they're hearing on mainstream radio in these like indie communities, men, it's not that the women don't feel that they can do it. It's more about like when we expose those ears. So the earlier that we can create just like safer spaces for people who are younger and to have it be normalized that there's more female voices, you get less of the, I don't like women's voices, but is it because you don't like women's voices or is it because where you mostly hear women's voices is mom like saying this because you don't have as many voices on your daytime radio or on your feeds that are getting those. Yeah. That's the same thing in podcasting. It's not that like we're done. It's just a, it's just an ongoing shift that's just going to take time. And a lot of that is because it's just pieces of us are developing. And this is the conversation I had with my family this morning where we were talking about intergenerational, how much has shifted for them. And even them, five siblings, like, at, you know, across generations, they have different experiences for themselves because it was different eras. And we just have to keep on doing things and setting those examples and because of the fact that it's just going to take time. It does. I don't think it's taking nearly as much time as people thought, though, because I think about it right now. I'm 49 years old. I knew one gay kid, one out gay kid. Let's be real clear about that. In high school, it was a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. same high school. It's in Nashville. Not a thing. It's, it is a non-issue if somebody were to be out. Now, I'm not saying they don't go through certain things, right. but that hasn't been that long. So you're talking 20, 30 years. Totally. I think things are moving forward. Part of that has to do with education. And part of it, right. I'm glad we can have this talk here. Part of it is, honestly, it's reaching people like me. Because if we do have that radio time, and if we do surround ourselves with people that are like us, I know other middle-aged white guys, the message probably is better coming from me than somebody that these guys, like I said, males are fragile and we're emotional. So I can maybe talk the talk a little bit better than you could. No offense to you. And what you're saying is very valid. It's who you're speaking to and they resonate with you. Well, sometimes I think there's so many of the, the patriarchy women out there, which ironically are still being controlled by the patriarchy when they go for that. That right there is like, whoop, wall is up. That's going to scare people. You got to baby people in. It's like good marketing. You just ease it on in. But if there wasn't the folks that were doing that work, there wouldn't be the folks that were in the middle. Like, Oh, no, no. Listen, hey, I agree with you. I do want to just give some space there. Yeah. No, that's that, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yes. But at the same time, if you had like a 70s gay pride parade 
you didn't see the Wall Street guys there. You saw the drag queens. You saw the leathermen. You saw the stereotype guys that had nothing to lose. And they have every right to be there. That's part of it, right? But I, I think it's important that for the real movement to happen, I, I think it's going to have to be outside of the fringes. It's going to have to be to the guys like me that are in the South that maybe just haven't been exposed to it. Because when they went to high school, there was one gay guy there. Oh, for sure. They're not bad people. They're not bad people, but no, they right. just, this is a funny music story. I was in Bristol, Tennessee, it's about five, six hours away. Okay. I was at a hotel there, got some family up there. I was checking out and she saw that I was from Nashville. She goes, oh, Nashville, I just love country music. She was going on and on and on and on and on. And I said, have you ever been there? And this lady's probably 50, 60 years old. And she said, no. So what? You're five hours away. But that's America right there. We're not going anywhere. We're not talking to anybody who's different than we are. Certainly not with the algorithms from Facebook. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm from Iowa. So right? I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. And, and sometimes that does mean being more skillful with that. And as long as the, the ship is going in the right direction, there are a lot of things that I would like to see as far as social change. And on one hand, it's like we want to push the gas. Like I said, 20, 30 years ago, I would have never imagined we would have been pushing it this hard and we're doing it. But on the other hand, it, it's a fine line to walk. And I think we have to evaluate it literally every day on, on how far we push. Oh, 100%. 100%. But I agree that it does take, it's like I can say things, you know, and I can get there. But it's like when I reach my male friends, because I have a lot of really great male friends who uh, I appreciate and I, I like everything from where we're at and all these different pieces and it's those small shifts where i see it's, it's the good kind of pyramid scheme let's just put it that's a, that's the way i want to put it it's the good kind of pyramid scheme everyone benefits at the end except for you know luckily it's not um like just creating like extreme like <laughs> illegal wealth and poverty on the bottom you know well the world is changing i think it's great that we've got podcasting that can do that when I started in radio, for one, I didn't have a studio in my house like I've got now. Oh my God, right? <laughs> I had very limited time. The message couldn't get out. It was geographically focused because we had a big tower. Even the station mm -hmm. that I'm at now with my syndicated show, the, the one we produced this thing at, it's about a $20 million deal to get this thing right. going. And that is non-attainable for most people. That's why so many corporate guys not corporate guys, corporations own these stations, but we can do it via podcasting. Mm -hmm. I think you're doing good work, Miss Jenny. You got it. With spreading the word via podcasting, as is every podcaster. I think that you brought up some really great stuff about where we are as a genre of media and the change that we can have. My thoughts have certainly changed on it. I'll close it out with this because I'm curious about your thoughts on it. When I started my book, for example, it's called Big Podcast, and it took about four and a half years to write. So not a long time in the grand scheme of things, no, just a speed bump, really right? When you think about book deals, people yeah. that I know with book deals, yes. Not a long time, but a long time for a book. And when I started it, I was talking mostly to guys like me because mm -hmm. when I started it, it was mostly guys like me that were doing podcasting. At least that's what I knew about. There were some, I'm going to say fringe with the nicest way, some subgenres and some underground stuff going on that maybe I wasn't as aware of as I should have been. But by the time I finished, I remember going to the editors that I was working with and I finally got to the last beta reader. I probably had seven 
people touch this, including my editing team of two lesbians. Only seven? That's all I can count. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Southern man. I haven't had that much. Right. <laughs> so you had a diverse background, also folk group of folks reading it. Well, not really. It was all it was all women okay. except for one guy. Oh, it was all And women. it was the final oh. woman, the seventh person. She said, I want you to be aware that you're using a lot of male pronouns. So, hmm. Okay. Thanks for that. And I thought about it, you know, because at first, you know, I'm talking to that audience. I'm talking to the male audience, the people who were mostly podcasting, in my opinion, said, I need to change that. And I did. And I did that before I published. I'm glad I did because I think podcasting is for everybody. But I think that that's where we are, right? I think that things, one, they're changing quickly. And I think sometimes people just don't know. And maybe that's our fault. Some of it is we're responsible, right? But a lot of it is just, like you said, the Joe Rogans of the world, Adam Carolla's, Mark Marins. I can't think of a big female podcaster, maybe Terry Gross, somebody from NPR. But the guys that get all the press are guys. Here's the point. I, I think this is something to, to finish up on is I think as podcasters or as book authors, in my case, I think that we, instead of worrying about what's happening now, if it's all white men, for example, and you want to change that, I think to- What do you want to see? Talk to what you want to see, right? Make the world that you want to see within the content that you create. Meaning not just he mm -hmm. and she or they or them or whatever pronouns that you use. It could be, hey, throw a black dude in there. Throw a woman in there. I think that's fine to, to show that podcasting is inclusive. Not everybody's going to go for that. Honestly, I'm going to connect with a white dude better than I am anything else. So it's not going to connect with everybody. And if it's your audience, I can't really fault you for going for it, Joe Rogan. But that doesn't mean that we don't have space for that in some of the work that we do. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, how do we go from being doing what everyone else is doing to, you know, being the leaders that we want to be in our industries? Isn't that one of the things in podcasting? We're trying to set an example. Where are the places that you're exploring that allow you to lead the way that you want to see things, that you have your vision of the world? Think of this in, in any kind of content you're creating. While you learn from other people and the examples of what they set, However, that goes with content creation and the way you're having your show. And you can see how people have done. Where, what are some ideas that you have that are going to fit within those boundaries, too, that allow it to be something that people get excited about? And a lot of that has to do with what you is that forward, like what you want to see, what you want to be, what you want to see in the world and in your life. I want to ask you one more question. Let's talk about call her daddy for a minute. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't with her chosen. I've listened to a few of those episodes. I had like some friends last year and they were just all about like, you need to listen to the show. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I got to a point where I listened to, um, I wouldn't say I don't listen to that show. I don't necessarily listen to their advice. I think there's a room for. Well, there's room for it. Yeah. I mean, it's podcasting. You can't get canceled in podcasting. And they're certainly they're funny going to uh, whoever they've got. And Barstool's always been that like I went to the University of Iowa, that Big Ten body humor. Well, she's with Spotify now. You know they've left Barstool. Right. She has, and and, right, right. and this is this is my question though because this is what is interesting, and I think this is pushback that you're going to see a lot of people say is just because you talk about sex doesn't mean that it's sex positive, and just because you're a female talking about something doesn't mean that it's female positive. 100% agree. To me, that that's one of those just kind of, there are a lot of lowest common denominator podcasters. She's one of them. That it's, it's, uh, it's an easy sell to have um, that kind of content. A lot of people really like her though. A lot of people that I would be surprised. She's got a lot of fans. 
And I was just curious what your thoughts are. As far as relationship shows, I listen to Mona's and then I, I'm like religious on Case Kenny, who is mindfulness based. And he's he's got like good insights into men and women, like and how the brain works and stuff. I would say that's more where I lean. And it's a dude show. Like I listen to the, to the guy for a lot of that advice where the other I would say if, if Caller Daddy's on, it's because it's entertainment. I wouldn't say that it's like where I, I rely on how I should be acting around men. <laughs> I realized who was listening to Call Her Daddy. Somebody sent me an interview that she did with, and I cannot remember her name, but she was one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends. Being in the marketing space, like I've known about Playboy for a long time and Hugh Hefner and that whole business. And I thought it was interesting that she was having to explain who Hugh Hefner was to these people and what Playboy was. Oh, yeah, I was like, one. yeah they're so, yeah. I'm way older than this demographic if you don't know about Hugh Hefner. So it officially, one, made me feel old <laughs> and also let me know that this audience is way, way younger than anything that I'm doing content for. But, you know, young people getting into podcasting. It's seeking the need to entertain. It makes me think of like when I'm younger reading in Cosmo. There is that sensationalism and that's always a little fun and there's a playfulness to all of it. I love their confidence. I think that's something that I adore. They exude so much confidence. That's something that's just awesome about them which is very infectious, you know? Like, I think that's part of what comes down to who are you hanging out with? Why are you listening to something? Because you want to hang out with them. They seem fun. Um, you and I have a different definition of fun. <laughs> but like, I but I think about this in the sense of like, again, that Big Ten school. Like, sure. I would get a little overwhelmed by personalities like that big necessarily. Yeah. And yeah. I just, if it gets too like that kind of talk, like I, I tend to be like, I'm going to over here because that's enough. But at the same point, like, energetically like who are your hosts who are the people who are showing up and like yeah. you know capturing people and getting your energy going well it's morning talk radio done by females right, which exactly. we had never seen until this we always had a female who was you know the news girl right uh yeah i talk about it in my book the dick the dork and the doll that's the three-man setup and the doll there's always a, a jerk there's kind of the all shucks guy and then there's the doll who's mm -hmm. nice. And that was always the female on morning radio. And now those roles are flipped. So yeah, it can be. And they're one of those examples. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah definitely. <laughs> there it is. My conversation with Jenny Wren from the podcasters forum. That's a continuation of a conversation that I had last week. It's an episode about she podcast that's in the feed. If you are not on the feed, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Let me give you an even easier way to get it. Call me, 615-488-4321. You can call 24 hours a day, 615-488-4321. If you're not in the United States, you don't want to do that, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. The world is changing at a very fast pace. Podcasting, I think we're on the forefront of that. It's one of the great things about podcasting. What we are doing now may not be what we're doing next week. And we are one of the few media outlets where we can do things that quickly. If you need help doing that, if you're craving that middle-aged white guy perspective, look me up. Bigpodcast.com is where to get me. I talked about my book on podcasting. You can get that audiobook free, by the way, with an audible trial. Bigpodcast.com slash book. If you don't want to sit down and listen to me, you can read it. Bigpodcast.com slash book has all the options for you. Reach out to me if you need help growing an audience, making more people care about your podcast. You just need another opinion. Got you covered. Bigpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. I've got more great episodes coming up. If you're at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe, you will get them automatically. And I hope you will do that. 
I also hope if you found this episode helpful, you believe in this message, you want to see more diversity in podcasting, tell a friend about it. Bigpodcast.com is where to go. I will see you soon on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.